You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List Online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. What follows on this edition of the podcast series is a conversation between myself and the legend, Max Caballera. The reason for the conversation is to promote Max's brand new album, Under the Soulfly moniker. This one's called Ritual. Let's hear all about that and also what else Max has to say. Here we go. Hello. Hey, Max. It's Andrew Mackay-Smith calling. How are you, mate? Uh, good. Uh, what's your name? Andrew Mackay-Smith. You read the Scars and Guitars? Spot on. That's me. Yep. That's me and uh, the uh, Angus. All right, online. brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I think somebody called up when they weren't meant to. Um, John texted me a little bit earlier, told me to give you a call about 10 minutes ago, so that was me bugging you on the phone there to call through. So apologies for that. I don't know what, what happened with the timing with somebody else there. Oh, yeah, no problem. It's all good. No worries, mate. All right, I'll, I'll kick things off because, mate, I've got to tell you, this is actually my third chat with you over the years, and I always look forward to a chat with Max Cavalier, it must be said. I think you're a legend, so I'll get that out of the way to begin with, but Ritual. Sounds good, man. Man, Ritual, I think it's your best album since your debut in 1998, so I'm not just saying that, because I think the 1998 album was an album that I truly enjoyed, so that's really saying something if I'm saying that Ritual's the best album since then. But the core reason that I'm really enjoying it is you you aren't relying on yesteryear like a lot of artists do. You never rest on your laurels, Max, and this album proves it. You've assembled some high-quality, thoroughly modern thrash and groove metal cuts. So my question for you is this. Do you agree with what I've just said, and what's your take on the album? Uh, First of all, thank you very much. It's real nice to hear that. You know, it always makes you happy when you hear um, that people like, you know, your your work, but um, my take on this record is like um, I came in with a little bit of um, preconceived idea of what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and that's why we we hired Josh, we were to be involved, trying to kind of capture a little bit of the stuff that was missing in the Soulfly sound in the last couple records, and continue my love for um, you know aggressive music, you know extreme music. Um, so that's why when I was making the record, I was calling, I was saying, I'm, I'm making a tribal death thrash record. Um, and I don't think that's too far from the truth how the album actually came out, because I think the album has a extremely um, awesome tribal grooves together with mm-hmm. extremely awesome, fast, aggressive death thrash metal moments. Um, and I, what I think is interesting is, is that the, the power of the groove is almost as powerful as the, the, the death trash elements, which is crazy. Because mm-hmm. I, I would assume that the, the, the death metal elements would have surpassed that. But if I, if I listen to a song like Ritual, to me, that thing is just relentless, powerful hit in your face. You know, it's like it's great. It just... From the moment that you hear the Navajo chant with a guitar, yep. it's you know the war is on. You know it's time to go mm-hmm. to war. <laughs> so um, I feel that we really, by um, really kind of like trying to evoke these old feelings from the first record, especially the the first record and Prophecy, which was the two that I liked the most out of Soulfly's career. I think uh, Ritual, I think, is a combination between those two. A little bit of Chaos AD also in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and even a little bit of Schizophrenia in, in like that behind the nice. eyes. Um, but 
in 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 also with some new stuff like Blood on the Street felt great. Got a little bit of black metal in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, feedback's got that Motorhead beginning. You know, Motorhead vibe. Um, it's cool. It's a, it's I think it's an entertaining record, but also kind of a serious record. Like some of the lyrics are really powerful about the corruption of the the politics in the world. Um, some of the songs relate to spiritual things like under rapture and demonize and summoning is about the tribes and the corruption of white people in the tri in the tribal system mm-hmm. and then you have that behind the eyes which is like uh and hellraiser and the whole clive barker universe that is to me amazing um so it's it's it, it's crazy that in the in same album that I do a song like Demonize, which was inspired a little bit by the Bible, with passages like the Seven Thunders, I'm also uh, you know influenced by Hellraiser and Cenobites <laughs> in the same record. Cool. So yeah. I think that that just shows how um, just how kind of open my mind works. You know, I can go get influenced by the Bible or influenced by Hellraiser, and I think I make them work somehow. You know. And I think that's cool. That that says something about the record. That it's not your typical record that you see you hear every day. And I think that uh, that goes deep and shows people some more wild, uh, different stuff that they don't hear every day. And on top of all that, we had the Navajos uh, recording with the Navajos, which was great. Um, all that makes for a really interesting record, I think. You mentioned quite a bit in there, and I'm going to focus on one to begin with. So, the drumming. I actually think this is the finest drum performance of any Soulfly drummer. And I'm not just saying that because I know Zion's your son. He's really stepped up on this album. And I understand exactly what you're saying about the balance between the tribal grooves in the drumming and the thrash and death metal, even the black metal elements that you're talking about there. And look, I hope you don't mind me being forward and saying this. If, if I had any criticism of the Soulfly sound prior to Savages, prior to Zion arriving, it was that it was too reliant on busy percussion which could overshadow some tremendous riffs that you were writing. I actually think you've found the perfect drummer, and who would have thought it'd be your own son, right underneath your, your fingertips, so to speak, your, your, your flesh and blood. He's the perfect foil for you as, as a musician, as a guitarist. So you must be very proud of his performance on this album. I am, you know, and I mean, the way I look at Zion, it's a bit like you look at those Soviet trainers that train their kids from birth, like, you know, throw them in ice water and make them wrestle bears. Um, a little by, a little bit like that, the MMA fighter, Khabib, how his father mm. trained him his whole life. I feel the same way about Zion. I've been training Zion from birth. You know, I've been taking him on tour my whole life. And, you know, he'd be sleeping in guitar cases with Ozzy singing in the background and be set behind all the soul flat drummers, set behind B-Ward, only... Just and you know, just you know, having all that knowledge, you know, absorbed yeah. in, inside of him, and now finally he's paying off. Uh, I think maybe Savage maybe was a premature for him. He wasn't quite ready yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's cool because he grew in it. He grew with Soulfly, you know. So Archangel he already had had done a lot, a lot better. And then I think Rico he kills it, you know. Like I'm totally agree with you. Like I couldn't be happier by his drumming. And on tour, man, like most of the people when we play now, they mostly talk about science drumming, which is kind of like, you know, I I I 
I finished the show and I asked people if they liked the show. They just, oh, I like, yeah, Zion's drumming was great. You know? mm. They don't even talk about the show. They just talk about Zion, you know. Uh, but yeah, I'm really extremely proud of it. And, and you know, uh, he was mad for this. I mean, his heartbeat opens Chaos AD, you know, so it was like, you know, he was born in this That's life. That's right, and it does too, yeah. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't really be anywhere else or happen <laughs> any, way, any other way. Uh, so I feel very proud, very happy. But I also think it's cool, like the story, like father and son playing together. That doesn't happen uh, all the rare. time, especially yeah. in metal. And uh, it's a unique thing, you know, it's a very unique thing, generation two generations together, you know. I have my story, my generation, he has his generation, young young blood coming in. But um, you're right, I mean, I can really, if I sit down with him with, with riffs, I can throw real cool riffs at him and he play great stuff with it. So it's like, I finally find somebody fun to play with, you know, yeah. it's like really cool to throw ideas at him and make and see that he can make the best out of my ideas on the drums and that's something that it's always been important the drums always been important for my music you know mm. from the beginning from from the sepultura days mm. yeah agreed it's an essential component to your sound and um look i, I want to just take you back to this one of the comments that you made uh, and I, again i hope you don't mind me asking this question because I'm, I'm really careful not to ask musicians for a position or to give an opinion about political matters. But since you brought it up, I hope you don't mind me asking the question. Of course, recently Brazil has had their, uh, their general elections and uh, Jair Bolsonaro has been, I think he's been elected to president. I might be mistaken there, but I think he's, he's won enough to actually uh, form a government, at the very least a minority government at least. So what's your take on that? Is that a, a good thing for Brazil or would you prefer to reserve judgment? Well, uh I'm not too familiar with with this guy. I just kind of heard stories about it, and I know he got knifed down a little long ago. Um, and he's kind of like the Trump of Brazil. That's what they're saying. And uh, I mean, Trump is horrible. You know, he's horrible here in America, and I, I don't like what he's doing. Mm. Um, you know, has no respect for women, and it like is raising this whole AK Nazi mentality here in America. It's ugly. It's ugly here, man, right now. Um, that's why, you know, some of the, the the topics on the album, like evil in power is about that. It's about even the comparison between Hitler and Trump kind of mm. thing, you know. And I don't know, Brazil a lot of times imitates what other countries do, especially America. Uh, so I hope they're not making a mistake of imitating America in, in something that it should not be imitated, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely not Trump. You, know, you should not follow that guy's footsteps, you know. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, the problem with Brazil is almost like, you no, know, it doesn't matter who's become president. Yeah, it's like that they're most all places, be fucking, yeah. They're all corrupt motherfuckers, and You know, they don't care for the people. Um, it's just how it is, man, you know. Like, nobody's good. Every president is shit. Everybody that comes becomes power, it, they just care for themselves in their own pockets. They don't care for the people. The people continue struggling, continue suffering, you know, mm. and that's, uh, it's been like that since I was a kid. I mean, I remember only one good president, Tancredo Neves, and they murdered a bastard, yeah. like, after one day that he was in president, you know. Um, that just shows how kind of, it's like a mafia, you know. And it's everywhere, man. Here in the States, it's a mafia. It's not just Trump. It's the whole system, you know. Mm -hmm. um, the whole system, the whole thing is, is the 
corrupted and corrupt and fucked up. Um, that's why I, I hope I. I'm glad I have nothing to do with politics, and I don't want it to do nothing with politics. And I want to be a metalhead because that's much, mm. much nice, much better <laughs> life. <laughs> well, you're bloody good at being a metalhead and producing the music that you are. And I'll ask a question about the music again. There's one fellow that I would dearly love to see you collaborate with, and I had a chat to him last week, and he's a tremendous human being, and that's Peter Sandoval, who's in, who obviously chairs Terrorizer these days, but he was in Morbid Angel. Um, have you ever thought about doing a collaboration with Petey? Because you've done a lot of collaborations in the past. I know you've you worked with David Vincent back in 2007, but uh, would there ever be a possibility that you'd be willing to perhaps even do an album with Peter? Yeah, of course. Pete's a great guy. You know, he's an awesome drummer. I mean, like the godfather of the blast beat, mm. you know, probably, I mean, kind of like the creator of the blast beat. Yeah, he used right. to play used to play with combat boots which used to freak me out you know <laughs> what the fuck you know Hard. combat boots like, drumming the shit out of the drums um i'm totally open man i i, I want to do more things i got this idea of doing different projects in the future there's one that i want to do that's real heavy that's really kind of like real extreme i want to like satisfy my my extreme pattern. I don't care if nobody likes it, if nobody buys it, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I just want to do it for myself. Um, another one I would like to do is kind of like a reggae metal dub kind of um, project. Also, again, I don't care if nobody likes it. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely, I will definitely love to do something with Pete. Pete's a great guy. Because there was, there was a, uh, a, a lot of similarities that I found between Ritual and Caustic Attack, the most recent album from Terrorizer. I think I've, I've got an advanced copy of these things, so I tend to listen to them a fair bit before they go out to the public. But I'd love to even see a tour between you guys. I think it'd be an awesome double bill. And here's the hint. Yeah, of... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've always been a, a, a Terrorizer fan, you know, and I haven't heard a new one yet, you know. Oh, it's um, killer. I'm it's curious. Yeah. I'm curious to hear. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big metal fan, so I keep one eye open on all the releases, you know. Hmm. I love the... The, the the last uh, Pig Destroyer and you know I've been really excited for the Outer Heaven album that's coming out Friday. Mm -hmm. um, that's a great death metal. I heard four songs already and blew me away. It's so good. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to hear this terror. And who knows? Maybe we can come to Australia. It's like Soulfly Terror. That's Australian what I was thinking. <laughs> that's exactly great, what I was right? hoping. Fingers crossed, mate, that that happens. Indeed. Yeah. I hope so, man. I hope so. Hey, um, here's, a, here's a statement that I'm going to wrap in a question, okay? So this is only my opinion, and I won't ask you to, to support or otherwise this opinion, but my feelings are that heavy metal fans are too enraptured with the past. They're not focused on the here and now and indeed the future. When you look at urban music or hip-hop or whatever it might be called, you see that artists like Drake and Kendrick Lamar, they're in the spotlight constantly because they're in the here and now. You don't see... There's a lot of reverence for, say, Run DMC and uh, Sugar Hill Gang and all that sort of stuff, but they're not music that is constantly played on radio, for example, or on playlists, new brand new playlists. But when it comes to metal, and I just focus this point here on the Download Festival that's coming to Australia next year, I think it is, we've got Judas Priest, Ozzy, Slayer. Now, I'm not saying these bands aren't legendary. They are, are absolutely legendary, like Sepultura and the, your work that you've done, legendary outfits, but... I've got got to. I've noticed that there's this thing where, like, fifteen-year-old kids 
wear Judas Priest t-shirts, fair enough, but they're more enraptured with Judas Priest than they are with, say, the brand new Soulfly record or some of these wonderful artists that are coming through on the Nuclear Blast roster. For example, uh, Northwood would be a really good, uh, or Cadaver or any, any one of these great bands that are coming through from Europe or North America there on the Nuclear Blast roster. So, mate, is it, do you think that fans, do you think they're open-minded enough to accept new styles or do you think that they're potentially too focused on the past because that's the way the broader media sees heavy metal as a bit of a legacy genre? That's a really good question, you know, and I think, uh, yeah, I kind of, I have the kind of same feeling, you know, like a little bit, sometimes some fans are really close-minded and, uh, you know, they want to only hear old stuff and they don't even want to give a chance to a new stuff. I'm totally open-minded, and I'm I'm a I'm, I'm a huge fan of the new stuff. Actually, but like hmm, I totally yeah. love this new generation of bands coming up. You know, uh, Primitive Man and Gay Creeper and and Dead Congregation. You know, I love all of that, man. You know, and um, but you know, I I also love Judas Priest, of course. You know, and and hmm. and, and Slayer and so on. Um, but I, I wish they would be more kind of more open-minded like me. They'll be like, you know, I'll go see Breeze, but I would like also would like to go see something underground and, and be part of that also um, kind of uh, scene, you know, like, um, yeah. So I totally kind of, I kind of agree with you. I think there sometimes metal is kind of seen like this legacy thing, you know, you have all these... Uh, dinosaur bands you know that mm, yeah and and uh, and there's nothing wrong with that i think it's great you know i'm i'm becoming a dinosaur myself you know but <laughs> um you know kind of like uh it's kind of cool to give uh, a ch- and that's kind of what we do you know with with our tours we give a lot of chance to young bands like full of hell mm. um you know or, you know cannabis corpse you know we always take those harms away a lot of those young bands on tour because we remember that we were given a chance. You know, with Sepultura, we got you know Pantera took us out, Ozzy took us out, Ministry took us out. You know, and so we we kind of remember so we got to return the favor. You know, and and it's nice to do that, and it's it's really cool. Um, and I think it's cool, especially when Soulfly mixed with death metal bands. It's really cool, man. We did a tour with Suffocation. It was amazing. Mm. We did uh, through demolition was great. We did a tour with Nile, Nile yeah. amazing, you know. And I really think it's kind of it broads it up. More people come to the show. If Nile was playing by themselves, you'll be just you know just the real small death metal crowd. When they play with Soulfly, they get to play to a bigger crowd. And I think our fans kind of appreciate the Nile thing because it's brutal. They haven't seen kind of shit like that. Mm. It's a win-win. Everybody wins. You know, it's a it's a great thing. So I hope for more of that. Mm. True words from one of the uh, the benef- one one of the the serious benefactors of heavy metal. I, I do mean that, mate. This is the third time I've had a conversation with you, and the first time we met, I won't ask you if you remember. I talked about this the last time we chatted, but I was in Los Angeles. I was a bloody one of the few long hairs that was around in the late nineties, and we bumped in. I bumped into you in the lobby of the Roosevelt. You were there with your family, and you very kindly took some time out away from your family to allow me to go and get a pen and paper very quickly to get an autograph from you. You just, you just, you're a damn good guy. I've never heard people that have met you have all got the same story that you're so congenial and you're so grateful that you've got fans out there. So just thank you for doing what you've been doing, and I really hope to see you back in Australia, hopefully with Terrorizer on tour with Terrorizer sometime soon. 
that would be great. And I, you know, thanks again for for enjoying the record. I really uh, makes me very happy that you, that you really like the album. Uh, and I want to thank all the uh, Australian fans for being so great to me. You know, Australia is one of my favorite places in the world. Got a lot of Max fans there, and they really mm-hmm. love the shit. And uh, I can't wait to be back. And like you say, hopefully we terrorize it. That would be amazing. <laughs> Indeed. All right, brother. Thank you very much again. Really appreciate it. All right, man. Nice talking to you, okay? Likewise, man. No worries. Catch ya. All right. Bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was a conversation between myself and Max Cavalera. Thank you so much for listening.